0: Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Playmakers Podcast. I am your host Jeremy Popolars. You can find on Twitter at Pope's F F H. Ryan Mackey is joining me, who you can find on Twitter at Mackey underscore F F B.
1: Ryan, how's it going? Not too bad, man. I uh, had a little uh, had a little issue here at the end end of the night and got on a little bit late, but so I apologize for that. But ready to talk about last week and get ready for. Week five already. Yeah, you don't need to apologize
0: to me. It's all right.
1: I feel like I do. All right. Professional courtesy.
0: (sighs) Oh, bless you. Excuse me. Allergies, you know. When you're in a basement, that's what happens, right? Sure. But either way, like you had said, week week four is in the books. What would have been the quarter of the season mark? Can we even call it that anymore? I don't know. No. You realize there's no quarter. There's never a quarter now. Like, where, where is it? Because week five isn't a quarter. Maybe would be a, not even a third.
1: There is not. There's not even a half. There's not a half.
0: You're right. No, it's impossible.
1: How are we supposed to do that? Technically, this? the waiver, the waiver ad for week nine would be the halfway point, right? I guess. I mean, if you want to say that, Wednesday half?
0: Wednesday of week nine. I don't know what date that is, but that's halfway. <laughs> Either way, we're getting there. We're getting there. Four weeks in. The Bills are three and one, Ryan. Three and one. They turned it around.
1: Yeah. Yes, sir. I I think if we if we played Pittsburgh mm-hmm. ten times, we would beat them nine times. Nine. Yeah. I don't know about nine, maybe eight. They fuck I it think up. Nine. So I think yeah. on sounds- nah, the – Nah. At least as of right now, if we're playing how we're playing right now, and they're playing how they're playing right now, we'd beat them nine times. Nah, the Bills are on fire right now. Yeah.
0: Other than that, anything else surprising to you? I, I was a little surprised by uh, the Patriots shutting down Tom Brady. That was uh pretty good. But then when I sat there and thought about it with Bill Belichick's post comments and stuff that we forget that Belichick went against Brady for 20 years every day of practice. So, I mean, I guess he kind of gets it. So,
1: yeah, surprised,
0: I mean, I didn't think that game was going to be as close as it was.
1: I was on record saying I thought he was going to throw for at least three or four touchdowns in that game and have a much bigger fantasy day than he had, but I think the weather did play a little bit of a factor. I definitely think nerves and emotions played a factor in that. I don't think he was completely there all the way, to be honest with you. I think he was just kind of – even him, I think he was overwhelmed a little bit, to be honest with you. I think even – I was listening to uh, Undisputed today after I got done with work, and uh, even Skip Bayless came out and said that he – who's like the biggest Tom Brady lover ever – even he came out and said that he thinks that that was like the most important game of his career, even bigger than any of the Super Bowls he played in. So uh, I don't, I don't really doubt that to be honest with you. I feel like he was super emotional for that game. And I think it might've gotten to him a little bit. I think the weather played a factor. I think Belichick's coaching played a factor. I think there was quite a few factors that played into him not living up to the fantasy expectation of that game.
0: Oh yeah. And I, I can get behind that. I'd, just in general as a game, like, you know what I mean? I just thought it was definitely intense. And I think, like you said, the the weather definitely played a big factor in that. So
1: I can get behind that. Any other games that really surprised you? Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head because I'm not really looking at anything right now. Um, I mean, I guess – Honestly, Buffalo's destruction of Houston was a little bit surprising. I f- I f- didn't expect forty to nothing, in their defense to show up like they did. I I was I was expecting Buffalo to win, and they were a huge favorite, obviously. But I didn't think they'd pitch a shutout and score forty, and even, especially in that in the rain, the rain looked a lot worse than what we initially had thought. I don't know. I you live up there, so I didn't know if you saw Sunday during the show how bad it was, but it looked pretty. Uh, looked like a torrential downpour. Yeah, it was. It was from the live. Yeah, it was pouring pretty good here. Yeah, and it, the weather was only calling for like light rain, so I didn't really think it was gonna be that big of a deal. But then I saw when I was watching the game, I was like, "It is not a light rain. That is, that is yeah. pouring." Rain.
0: It definitely lightened up for a little bit too there for part of the game, so that helped a little bit. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I expected them to win. Um, I expected Houston to get some points. I didn't really expect another shutout, but um i mean i was a little surprised too by the uh the giants you know what i mean the giants go in they beat new orleans that definitely was a uh surprise there for me uh didn't see that coming i didn't think the giants would have any fantasy options this this week and turns out saquon barkley had a really good week and made me look like an idiot for trading them so that's pretty cool
1: (laughs) Um, what about the uh what about the titans and jets game
0: yeah a little that was a definitely a uh Definitely a close one. Um you saw they were hurt missing Julio and AJ Brown, and that was really hurting yeah. that offense. But I honestly thought Derrick Henry would have had a bigger game than he had. I mean, he still had a good game, but I definitely thought that there was going to be more to him. But I told you Jeremy McNichols on the uh on the uh pregame show that we had, I told yep. you, watch out. He was sneaky. Had yep. sixteen PPR points. I was uh I felt good about that. I didn't start him anywhere because I didn't
1: trust it, but you know, I had to start him in one league, strictly due to injury and the how deep the starting lineup is and how deep the. I think it's an 18 team league that I'm in, and I had to start him, so that was a uh, that was a nice little nice little present. I ended up winning that that week or last week in that league by just a handful of points, but I uh, he's definitely the part of the reason why I won because I. Everybody else was kinda of like guaranteed starts, at least in that league. So he was a he was a guy that was kind of borderline on and I was like, Yeah, I'll I'll throw him in just because they don't have any pass catchers, and he just happened to get what eight targets and eight catches or something like
0: that. Yeah. I mean <laughs> talk about surprising performances, uh you know, you know, Tyreek Hill blows up, Patrick Mahomes blows yeah. up, and then no the no no, greatest no. Got, fantasy got, the greatest no. fantasy asset ever, Cordero Patterson.
1: He's a Swiss army knife
0: for fantasy having right. that dual eligibility running back too. everybody told me Travis Kelsey was a cheat code. We were wrong.
1: It's Cordell Patterson. See, that's, that's the most surprising thing of the week for me <laughs> right there. Chiefs score 42 points and Travis Kelsey gets like six PPR points. Yeah. I, I was a little surprised by that. It was, that was you know. by far the biggest surprise for me. Now that I think about it, that. They've been
0: I getting the multiple score. tight ends involved, too, which is getting a little little interesting.
1: Yeah, I saw the score, and I was like I, – I honestly hadn't seen anything. I, was, I usually watch NFL Red Zone, but I didn't really have the chance to. The stream thing that I used for it wasn't working properly. So I was just watching the Bills game, and I saw the score for the Chiefs game towards the end there, and I was like, oh, my god, Travis Kelsey probably has 40-some fantasy points that is Tyreek Hill is having a big week and Travis Kelsey literally had here's was, he wasn't even close to being a tight end 1 I don't I don't think
0: I mean he was close I mean any tight end is close to tight end 1 I mean I think tight end 12 probably had like 6 points
1: I'm going to I'm going to look cuz I actually I have pulled up PPR he was tight end 25 oh wow Behind Hayden Hurst, Jarwin, Ross Dwelly. Wow. I mean, yeah. So that was the biggest surprise of the week for me was them putting up that many points and Travis Kelsey being not a single part of that at all.
0: Yeah. And I think another big surprise I think for me was like Kenny Gainwell. Yeah. Kind of came out of nowhere in that same game. Um, not really out of nowhere. We've been seeing him get used here and there sparingly, but his pass catching ability is just far superior to miles Sanders at this point. And he's just, I mean, he's a PPR machine right now. He's really their Naeem Hines. So, um, I'm not going to talk too much about it. Cause we'll get into that later. Wink. Sure. wink. But <laughs> it was just definitely a surprise. I mean, he kind of came, I didn't expect 20 points. Let's put it that way. I mean, he's been kind of hovering around those eight, nine games. Um, so I didn't see that coming. That was that was a nice surprise out of that game. Um, I had to start him in a couple spots because of, like you said, running back injuries, just depth in general at the running back position this year. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, why don't we talk about some injuries real quick? It was actually a pretty light week for injuries, right? And, um, I mean, comparatively speaking, for the last couple weeks, it seems like our injury list is like 13 people deep. <laughs> Seriously. Um, Every week this week, I really only found a couple um, that were like really, really big. Um, obviously, the biggest one for me was David Montgomery. Um, he's out four <laughs> or five weeks. The Bears lose their starting running back. Um, this is why they went out to get Damian Williams, though, um, in case something like this would happen. Um, and definitely good news that it's not ACL tear and it's not a whole season. Um, so Monty might even be a nice trade target to try and get after um, here in the next coming weeks. Uh, cause he returns close to playoff time and he might be a nice asset to have down that playoff push. Um, cause he's definitely a very good PPR and or standard league running back, um, mm-hmm. just because of the workload. So, um, I think the next one that is really big for me, Ryan, I don't know how this, how you feel about this one, but Teddy Bridgewater went down with a concussion, um, in the first half of that Broncos Ravens game. And I think we saw a very, um, bad situation for all fantasy assets in Denver um, at the current moment, at least last week. Um, Drew Locke had to come in <laughs> yeah. and just kind of killed everything. Um, I started Tim Patrick in a couple spots, and he really scored all his points in the first half. And then after that, it just kind of got messy. Um, So obviously, Teddy B is going to have to go through the protocol. What do we think if Drew Locke has to start this week? Do we trust anybody in Denver or even the running backs? You know what I mean? I mean, they're just not going to be that um second element to their pass or to their offense to help open up those lanes for running backs.
1: Yeah, the Teddy was playing so well and he seemed to have that offense really in sync. So it's it's tough to it's tough to say if we could trust anybody. I feel like Corland Sutton's still startable if Drew Lock if Drew Lock gets to start. Um we've seen him obviously perform with Drew Locke as his quarterback, so I feel like he's a guy that you can still start. Um I feel like Noah fans probably still a start, but the upside is just severely capped. At least in my opinion, with with Drew Lock under center, and I, and I at the beginning of the year, I thought I was live on the show saying that I thought that Drew Lock actually offered the most upside for those guys, just because he's willing to take more risk. But we've seen Teddy Bridgewater take a lot more risk this year and yeah. take those deeper shots. So it it kind of negates that whole okay, Teddy's just going to check down and not. Put that upside up for there for the offense, but he's done exactly the opposite of that. He's he's provided upside for that entire offense, so um, it's definitely a little concerning. Drew Locke's obviously been inconsistent, to say the least, in terms of his production and what he's been able to do on the field. So, I think Sutton and Fant are still startable, especially Fant, given the lack of prime tight end players. But uh, other than that, I'm not really sure I'd be willing to start anybody else if he's the guy, especially if it's going against Pittsburgh's defense. Um, I know they haven't been great, but they do play. They do play Pittsburgh. I believe that game's in Pittsburgh as well, so it would be a little, uh, it'd be a little bit risky to start anybody outside of those two. And even Sutton's probably more of a flex play than a wide receiver two play.
0: Yeah, I kinda of agree with you there. I feel like if I have any Tim Patrick shares, I'm probably holding off if uh, Locke starts this week. But like you said, I feel like Sutton's kind of a flex play. Um and I hope Locke looks better than what he did in that. That that second half from what I saw on red zone and kind of just watching the game like on CBS, I think it was on or whatnot. Yeah. Um, but he didn't look great. You know, what I mean a lot of inaccurate throws, just kinda of off kilter. So I hope that he looks better this week. Um, in general, if he does have to play, um, which we don't know. We'll have to see till later in the week. So I would lean toward he might end up playing. I just feel like if Teddy B gets out of concussion protocol, it probably won't be till later in the week. And I don't know if they'll be willing to kind of just toss him in there. Probably,
1: but, I, you know, we'll have to see. Probably going to be a later in the week thing that we find out. Yeah, and I mean, if you, if you really look at it, both of them are pretty ineffective against that Ravens defense last week. I mean, it's not like Teddy was really lighting it up, but I feel like he just – he had that offense and a relatively good, relatively smooth operation going on over there, and then Drew Lock comes in and throws a pick, and I mean, only, doesn't he, barely completes fifty seven percent of his passes. So um, you just have to understand that he's not going to offer that same upside as Teddy was going to offer.
0: And I think the Ravens defense just getting a little better.
1: Yeah, uh, they are as the season sure. goes on.
0: Um, they're still weak against tight ends, but in general, I feel like they got a little bit better, um, mm-hmm. especially against the run. Cause in the beginning of the year, they're a little loose against the run. I think they tightened that up a little bit. So that
1: kind of hurts. You know well, what I mean? Trying to get that play action or anything going there for the Broncos. So, well, I think the running game actually would have been effective because both Melvin and Javante both averaged over six yards to carry. It's just, they just didn't, they were behind the whole time. So they had to throw and they couldn't really establish the run properly. So, That's kind of to be seen if they're better against the run or not. But, um, Javante established a run, Javante, seven yards carry, a
0: run. That man, he had a manly run. He did. I didn't know, I didn't watch it, but he had to be on Angry Runs today. He had to have been. I don't know. But if somebody, (sighs) I I didn't see it, so I don't know. Please let me know. If not, I'll have to look it back up because, you know, it's on NFL Network, or I'll just tweet Kyle Brand and see if he answers me. Either way. T.J. Tark hurt probably many hearts this week in fantasy football. Um, unfortunately, got rolled up on, I think it was a broken ankle. Um, I'm not 100% sure the actual true diagnosis. Um, but he's out for the season by the looks of it. Um, he had to have surgery on that ankle. So, Ryan, do we think this really makes LaVishka Chenault what we thought LaVishka Chenault was going to be this year? Kind of the first four weeks, he seemed a little meh. But now it seems like without DJ Chark, he might be actually fantasy viable. I mean, I I think he scored a decent – I don't know. I only have him in one league that has weird scoring, so I don't exactly know what he scored in a normal PPR league. Uh, But I think he was probably close to 20 points, wasn't he?
1: Um, I'm looking it up right now because I know he was up there.
0: Yeah, I know he had
1: a really good game. He had 17, 6 of 7 for 99 yards.
0: So, do we think Laviska kind of finds an opening now, or do we think we just see more Marvin Jones? Do we think we see maybe some more Dan Arnold? Um, trying to think who else they got back down there. Oh, uh, shoot, what was it? Tavon Austin's down there. Or do you uh, think it's just kind of like, meh, it's Marvin Jones and some LaVisca, but not anything that we can trust?
1: No, I think, I think what you saw on Sunday was – Probably what you're going to get. Or was it? Did they play Thursday? Thursday, yeah. Yeah, they played Thursday. Um, what you saw Thursday is probably what you're going to see in terms of targets for him. And he's still not really. He did see, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, he did see at least one deep shot, but he hasn't really been that so far this year. I feel like he's been more at the line of scrimmage and just kind of using his yak ability to get yardage. Uh, so that's a little concerning to me. I feel like he was a little, he was used a little bit more in terms of. The long ball last year, um, but I feel like Marvin Jones is probably going to step into that role now as a guy that they probably take deeper shots with. I I, I think Lavisca is fine for the rest of the year. I don't think he's a he's a must start by any means. If you have if you have him, I feel like you likely have other options that you can. You're probably debating on starting over him, but I think I think he does get a slight bump. I think Marvin Jones gets a slight bump. Uh, Daniel probably gets a slight bump. And if they continue to use James Robinson the way they have been the last couple weeks, I feel like he also gets a slight bump, but that's about it. Nobody else. I'm really, I'm really interested in there. Yeah, I kind of agree. I just the offense has looked a little
0: suspect um, at the moment. Trevor Lawrence is definitely going through some rookie woes there. Yeah. Um, the offense just kind of looks out of sync. Um, it looked a, a lot better Thursday night, but I just feel like it's still kind of raw. Um, one that just came through, I just saw on Twitter. Yeah, um, I was going to mention about it. Is it Chris Carson? Yep. Yeah, so Chris Carson didn't practice today. Uh, neck injury. Um, that's pretty significant based on the yep. fact they play Thursday night. Yep. Um, definitely monitor it. That's tough. I mean, I would probably put some claims in on Alex Collins. I think that he could still have some viability. The Rams actually aren't super good against the run. Um, and Alex Collins looked really good this week. Um, so... It's not really in any of our waiver stuff once we get there, but a little tidbit. Um, Definitely look to maybe try and add Alex Collins tonight. Um, He might be a lot cheaper. Um, He did go off a little bit, so people are probably going to put some in on him. Um, But a fab shot at him. If you have some guys that are like a Damian Williams or something that's still in your league and you don't want to dump a ton on it, Alex Collins might be a cheap option for a one-week start if you're looking to fill in, if you are the Chris Carson owner, so... Definitely keep an eye on that because that could be a thing that could plague us this week. Yeah. yep. Uh, Big Ben uh, seems to have a hip injury. Um, they didn't really release too much on it. Um, I, Tomlin didn't really comment too much on like what the severity of it is. I don't know if he's going to miss time, um, but that's definitely something to monitor. Um, I don't know if it makes it better or worse, whether he starts at quarterback right now. Um <laughs> because Pittsburgh's in a pretty they, rough state with him. So I don't yeah, know if like Rudolph would be any better or Dwayne Haskins, but that's just kind of uh, – keep an eye on it. Big Ben might be sitting this week, possibly for a longer period of time and possibly forever. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> kind of at that point of his career where it could be something that we don't really see much of Big Ben anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, he – last week I know he was dealing with some sort of pec injury and then – now they got the hip injury going on it's he hasn't looked good at all like yeah. i don't think he's even in super flex he's borderline he's startable, he, if that at, at right now
0: yeah he's pretty pretty hard to start and i mean
1: you obviously just click him
0: in there and you start him so it's not really physically hard but <laughs> trusting that start is a little hard right now um I definitely kind of saw it coming. Like, I was kind of fading him in the in the offseason. Um, but I thought of this ADP, like, if you were doing a startup dynasty, even possibly redraft, like, he had a decent ADP for the weapons he had, and he could have had a big bounce back here. It just kind of seems like he's not really recovering from that surgery as well as we thought. It just seems like he's kind of slow and just kind of almost just seems, like,
1: over it mentally, you know? Like, he kind of seems a little checked out. Yeah, I mean, um, he's – he's QB 28 right now. He's only ahead of Zach Wilson and Jacoby Brissett for guys that have more than uh, 75 pass attempts so far this year. So, yeah, so I mean, it's right. yeah, it's not good.
0: All right, Ryan starts and sits did pretty well this week. Uh, you according did. to these notes, you, yeah. you did pretty well. Um, I've, I forgot to check what I did this week, but up to this week, I was on a pretty good start with the uh, yards per article. I was, I was four and zero for wide receivers. There you go. Yeah. On my starts and sits. Um, the rest weren't too bad, but I did notice that. So not really a big wide receiver guy. Like I don't consider myself a wide receiver guru, but apparently I was doing pretty well in those matchups. So <laughs> there I'll give myself a little
1: plug. All right, Ryan, you talk about yourself. <laughs> so, Yeah, like you said i mean it was a it was a pretty solid week we did we were pretty rough in week one got a little better in week two uh saw a little jump in week three and then last week i mean did really really well uh 15 two and one in terms of start sits uh aaron Rodgers was the only one that finished as a qb start to finish right around where he was ranked um the only guys that we that I missed on was starting OBJ, who had a bad night and sitting. Had a big night. Kenny Galladay, who yeah. also had a again. Who saw that? Let's yeah. be honest. New Orleans and they have like no weapons. They're all hurt and here they. Daniel Jones and, comes out of nowhere. And he yeah. was on the injury report. And he should have been shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore. I'm not sure if he was. I didn't see the game. I didn't watch it. I only so, saw the red zone highlights, so I don't know. But uh i mean sam Darnold was a qb1 he was my he was my star of the week for quarterbacks Tyler hannick is my other one he was a qb5 zach moss was an rb2 C.H. was an rb1 and even michael carter was a low end rb2 in 12 team leagues. so i mean and jeremy you called the dawson Knox start um so i mean we we did very very well in terms of uh starts this week and uh even even looking back Thinking back on like the start same say questions that we got live, we hit on a lot of those as well. So very happy with how we did the last past week. And I think as the season progresses, it'll get a little bit easier to do that. I'm not saying we're going to go 15, two and one every week for the rest of the year, but uh, in terms of staying positive and at least getting the majority of them right, uh, I would say it should be a little bit easier from here on out.
0: Quick question from Kellen Brown, CD and DK for Devante Adams. Ooh. If like it, it's too much, yeah, I kind of think it's a little bit too much. Um, I mean, unless you can only start, well, depending on your roster, if you have someone who you think's better than CD and DK, and you can only start like two wide receivers with no flexes, um, maybe. Um, But I kind of want to hold out on CD. I, CD had a bad week. I get it, but yeah. I, I, I think there's better or greener pastures on the other side there for CD. I think he kind of comes back. And I think DK is going to be fine too. He's kind of been a little slow out of the gate, but a lot of the top name guys have been, even Devonte Adams hasn't been Devonte Adams. So I'm not ready to give that much up for Devonte Adams, probably in any format, to be honest. Um, I get it. The draws there, Aaron Rodgers, really the only option there. But I'm, I'm sure, to be honest, I'm sure Tyler Lockett will fizzle out a little bit. DK will kind of re surface, especially could even happen this week. If, if Chris Carson is out this week, I'd expect a big game from DK or Tyler Lockett, possibly even Freddie Swain because of Jalen Ramsey locking down one of these outside guys. But I feel like they're going to have to let Russ cook this week. If Carson's out, Um, I know they'll use Alex Collins and kind of like a running back by committee. You might see some DJ Dallas, some Travis Homer, but it just, this might be a big week for DK, so I'd even possibly hold out on that trade and see if DK goes off this week if you really want and see if you can do a DK for Devontae Adams
1: straight up. I'm um, in a redraft, might be my strategy yeah. there. Kind of hold out I'm, for a week if this is redraft, it's a little bit closer, but if it's dynasty, I'm definitely not doing Yeah, that Dynasty, I'm not gonna do. make that deal at all. Um, but, but I mean, DK is still the uh, DK is still the wide receiver 15 in PPR as of right now. So it's not like he's—he's he's just not doing like wide receiver one type things right yet. But we—we called this at the beginning of the year that he, him and Tyler Lockett both have these, have that upside where they can be wide receiver ones, but they also have floors that put them at wide receiver threes or even worse than that. So I mean, it kind of just comes with the territory with that offense and with receivers that they are. So you got—if you drafted them, you should have drafted them knowing that you're going to have that. You—I don't think anybody should have drafted them one of them expecting wide receiver one numbers every single week because it's just not realistic for how they run that offense.
0: I think DK could be a guy. I, I think you, if you drafted DK, you could kind of have those um, aspirations. He seemed like a guy that could make that step. I feel like Tyler Lockett, we've seen him so for so long that we know that he's not going to have that step. Um, but I still have hope for DK to be something um, a Oh yeah, he, consistent. He definitely has the, the potential leader, for sure. I think it's just kind of a waiting game there, but it's the truth. You know what I mean? I saw, I don't remember who it was that uh, tweeted it, but they posted something. There's eight receivers who were like in the top 10 last week or for the first three weeks. And then last week, not a single one of them was top 30. So it's just, it happens. Wide receivers are very inconsistent um, despite the narrative that they aren't um they could be even more inconsistent than running backs at times or i mean any position i feel like the wide receiver position probably It might be wrong the wide receiver position might be kind of known as being inconsistent um no matter where you are i think though that people get that feeling of like oh dk or cd lamb or deandre hopkins should never have bad weeks but it's just every person in that position the wide receiver position just depends on an offensive scheme you know the quarterback the game plan the offensive line that night versus the defensive line. Maybe the corners are playing well, so it's just a tough position where running backs are a little safer. Um, they kind of see that rushing floor that's just a little bit safer. Um, but I just I'm not ready to panic on either of those two guys to make that trade for Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean,
1: anywhere. The way the way I kind of was thinking as you were, as you were saying that was that th- that's the reason why you can kind of wait on wide receivers and drafts is because you you can get quality guys more effectively in the later rounds than you can at running backs because the running backs you kind of know what you're going to get from which guys during the wide receivers it can be they're relatively easy to replace i mean we see guys uh braxton barrios was was a fill was a flex play fill in for the first couple weeks of the season and uh cleave raymond is now a guy that you can possibly start in your flex spot in a deeper league and I mean it's just there's just guys all over the place that are popping. I know it's like that for running back too, but it's not as prominent as it seems to be for wide receivers. So, uh I'm perfectly fine with having CD and DK as opposed to just getting one star and and I think better days are coming for CD as well, I don't think I don't think the Cowboys are going to rely on the run as much as they have the last couple of weeks. I think they're going to get in some more shootout games uh here in the coming weeks. So, I would uh I'm holding off on that trade
0: agree. So it seems like possibly for you, I don't know exactly. I see your records decent, um, but it seems like the fantasy records, I mean, this week, as sad as this sounds, um, <laughs> was a good week for me so far. Uh, I went 13 and 13. So that's why where the joke comes in that it doesn't sound great. But um, when you have a lot of dynasty leagues and a lot of them that are kind of more so on the rebuild phase, your record never looks that great let's put it this way in leagues that i care about other than scott fish i'm doing all right um i shouldn't say care but like that i'm trying to win this year i should rephrase um (laughs) some of them i drafted i thought i was gonna win and now i'm owing four. so don't i'm not saying that i'm super (laughs) smart i just i'm saying that at this point i've just chalked my losses um my teams are just injury ridden and DJ Chark is another one that just got added to it. So it's, it's inevitable. I'm just, it's just that that'd be your, I'm going to print out um, spreadsheets of my teams. um, And then if you roster any of these players, you might want to trade them um, because they're probably going to get hurt. That's how my (laughs) year's going. So. And start whoever's playing against. Yeah. No lie. Swear to God. This is a story. Fantasy in session. I'm in their charity league this year. Great cause. Check it out. Hashtag fantasy in session, I believe. Um, It's S-E-S-S-I-O-N. Either way, I'm in the one division, and I have the most points for. 900 and some points for. And I have 967 against. (laughs) Guess what place I'm in, Ryan, and guess what my record is. Just take a guess. Second to last at one and three. Pretty much nine, one and three. Only reason I'm in ninth is because I have the most points in the entire league. So that's fantasy for you. <laughs> Makes no sense. It's uh, fun. It's fun. Fantasy is fun. It's <laughs> so fun. It's so fun. But this is a lesson, don't panic, because even though I'm 1-3, obviously I have the most points in the league. It's something that you want to monitor as you're trying to figure out what your team's state is because it just seems like a bunch of bad luck, and possibly this team could end up being 13-3 and three at some point because I'm scoring a lot of points weekly. It just happens to be that some teams are going off against me, so I don't like to panic on teams that I have higher points for in the league scheme. and You can usually find it in your standings if you don't know if you're newer to fantasy, and then that way, you know. Okay, if if you're zero and four, and you have the least amount of points for, most likely it's time if you're in a dynasty league to chalk it up and start making some trades for next year. If you're in a redraft league, I don't really know. Try and make some trades. I don't know, but <laughs> gotta try to make trades. Yeah, I, at that point, you got to do anything you can possible. But
1: either way, a little tidbit. Anyways, Ryan, how was your week? Um, my week, I didn't. Break it down by week, which I need to start doing because I can't quite remember how exactly I was last week. But overall, I'm 58 and 46. So in 26 leagues, 58 and 46 overall. It's not horrible. I am in two or three rebuild leagues. And Scott Fish, I'm two and two in. Just rub it in. Had a really low point total last week. Uh, I can't remember. Aaron Jones killed me and Scott Fish. And, uh, I mean, Matt Ryan, and my two quarterbacks, Matt Ryan and Kyler Murray, killed it for me. And then I think my opponent might have had Cordero Patterson in his lineup. And I hate to see it.
0: Could you imagine if you went against somebody who had Mahomes, Patterson, and Tyreek Hill?
1: Um, I'm imagine sure there's a league that. out there that somebody did have to go up against that. Could you imagine if you had that roster though? Jeez, Louise, right now. Yeah, but it's not, that's not really like that's in a very realistic possibility. Like that's a real that's scenario true. that could easily be happening. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine like looking at that in your league?
0: There's a, there's a league that I'm in. That's like one of my more important leagues. It's one of my bigger money leagues. The guy has uh Mahomes, Kelsey and Mike Williams up until this week. I was like, Jesus, this team is, like, unbeatable at the moment. Oh, he has Najee Harris, too. Like, he has all these guys that are going off right now. And I'm like, this team just – it's untouchable. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm going
1: to do. Yeah, but, I mean, come next week, they could be injury riddled just like half the other teams in fantasy right now. So, Yeah. He didn't score a lot of
0: points. He did win this week, but. Yeah, Kelsey getting sick, kind of, I'm sure, hurt him. Yeah. Mahomes helped, but yeah. yeah. Either way, <clears throat> Ryan, waiver ads. That's what we're here for. It's week four. Going into week five, you might be two and two. You might be one and three. You might be four and oh, three and one. Either way, we're trying to make some waiver ads this week. Ryan, who's your top wave? Well, Obviously, our top two probably for most people should be if you're needing running back help, you're looking for Damian Williams or Shimaj P. Ryan, as Joe Mixon kind of seems like he might miss sometime. He's more day to day. First came out week to week. Now he's day to day. So it's kind of like he might miss some of the game in Green Bay, but that's a good matchup for Shamajay P. Ryan. Um, so he might be worth an ad if you're the Mixon owner. Other than that, I'm not dumping a ton on him um, just because he doesn't seem like he's going to be a sustainable starter where Damian Williams, you're guaranteed four to five weeks aside from his injury. Um, Also, if he's playing really well, you might see David Montgomery kind of have to split carries with him for a little bit until he gets fully healthy, Um, especially with that type of knee injury. Sometimes we've seen it where they try to come back and it doesn't really lend greatly to him. Um, Mm -hmm. So Damian Williams, for me, is a big guy you want to get if he is on waivers. Um, He is rostered in like 60% of leagues, so it's really hard to get him. Um, there's very few far in between that he's out there. But if he is, i definitely put a claim in on him. If you're in waivers and fab, I mean, I would dump a good amount on him. Um, I definitely think it's worth it because uh, you're right in the heart of the season, whether you're 4-0 and or you're 1-3. These next four or five weeks, if you can get a valid starter that's an RB2 that can help you get into the playoffs, um, that's definitely something that's worth some fab there. I also don't see too many more popping up, you know what I mean? Like the depth at running back, a lot of these guys are committees. So if you see, say, like a single Terry goes down, Zach Moss is mostly already rostered, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Yeah. So there's very few that are going to be left that these solo guys have a handcuff behind them. That's probably on your waiver wire. So I'm in. Um, toss a decent amount on Damian Williams. I think he still has some juice in him.
1: So aside from that, Ryan, who's one of the guys that you're looking at outside of him? He was a guy that I talked about last week, and you already mentioned him today, and that's Kenny Gainwell. He's still only rostered in 46% on Sleeper and 35.7% on ESPN. He's gotten 18 targets so far this year. He's gotten at least nine opportunities in three of his four games this year. Uh, The only game he didn't was that weird Dallas game where I thought he would actually get more run than he did, and that game was just kind of confusing in general. But I think he's a guy who you can have as a flex option, especially with bye weeks now coming up. Uh, and if Miles Sanders goes down, he's got RB2 upside with his maybe even low end RB1 upside with all the injuries and things like that due to his pass catching ability, like you had mentioned. Uh, I'm really liking how Gamow's playing. I like how they're utilizing him. And when he's given the opportunity, he's showing that he can be a productive asset to their football team and to your fantasy lineups because of his pass catching ability. So he's a, he's a guy I already have where I can get him, like where I have the roster space to get him. I already have him. But if you're in a league and you have injuries creeping up and or maybe you have a bunch of bye weeks coming up all at the same time, he's a guy that you could definitely plug in as a flex play. And like I said, if Miles Sanders goes down, he's an RB, maybe a low in RB1, uh, definitely an RB2 with upside. Yeah, I'd be curious to see if they
0: supplement him, if Miles Sanders ever went down um, with like Boston Scott or somebody like that.
1: Yeah, I'm sure Something they would. You-
0: he is playing well right now. Um, he's definitely supplanted Sanders as the receiving back. Um, Sanders is still uber talented, and I don't know why Nick Sariani doesn't want to use him more. Um, not any slight against Kenny Gainwell, but I just it doesn't make sense to me. But either way, be a benefactor of it. Try and get Kenny Gainwell on your roster. He could explode even more than what he did this week in the weeks leading up. A guy that I'm looking at, um, is Dalton Schultz. He's kind of taken that lead there at the tight end position in Dallas. Most of us, including myself, really wanted it to be Blake Jarwin, but both have similar athletic profiles, so it really was a coin flip at who was going to get that. It appears to be Dalton Schultz at the moment, especially in the red zone. Dak is definitely preferring the Dalton Schultz side of the two pairings because both of them are on the field a lot, especially with Michael Gallup being out Um I also wonder, too, Dalton Schultz just kind of gets a little sneakier. He tends to line up in line where Jarwin lines up outside uh, off the off the line as almost as an in like a slot-type receiver. So I feel like he gets covered maybe more by a corner from the games that I've seen where Schultz gets those better matchups against linebackers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, he's had six receptions in three games. He's also had three touchdowns, two of which were in one game, which he exploded in. It just kind of seems like it is kind of like a – Best of luck. But the last two weeks, Dalton Schultz has kind of taken over that role from Jarwin. Jarwin sees some targets, but Schultz seems to get the touchdowns. And in the tight end position, we see it with Dawson Knox, um, who I'll just talk about at the same time because he's another guy that I'm still in on. Um, I know he's owned in probably 50% of the league, so he's not out in as many of them. But I'm still in on Dawson, Dawson Knox. I know right now it seems like a hot streak. I don't know if he can keep up with it. Um, but I'm going to ride it I'm at the tight end position that's really weak right now. Even the top guys. I mean, George Kittle's struggling this year. Mark Andrews isn't. Mark Andrews, that's um, even, honestly, Darren Waller. Darren Waller is way closer to the pack than he is Travis Kelsey this year. So right now, anybody who's scoring touchdowns, I'm trying to add as a flex position. Um, even that in general, like Logan Thomas. Say you drafted Logan Thomas. Right now, I'm starting Dawson Knox over Logan Thomas. Um, Just because of the pure fact of the passing offense and the volume, the bills look really good. They scored 120 points over three weeks right now. And they just seem to score against anybody. Um, It doesn't matter who. And right now Dawson Knox is kind of that benefactor along with Dalton Schultz, who's in a similar situation in Dallas, just a little bit more competition, but he's less owned. So for me, I'm in on trying to get Dalton Schultz and or Dawson Knox this week on what seems like a little bit of a weak waiver wire week.
1: Yeah, and I mean the same thing could be said for both of your guys. Both of your guys are. I mean, bye weeks are going to be a thing. They come hard, especially at the beginning of the year. I think week seven has like six or seven teams on a buy. So a lot of good
0: ones too, like a lot of good
1: fantasy assets. A lot of big name players going by in week seven. So when you have the opportunity to get these guys super cheap and not waiting, not waiting until week six to add these guys, I mean it's it becomes a huge factor when. You look at when you look at your waiver wire and you see, I mean, Juwan Johnson might be the best opportunity for your waiver wire come week seven. And and great, I don't know if the Chief, the Saints are on by week seven. I don't have it pulled up or anything like that. But uh, yeah, you're talking yeah, I mean, about a guy who sees three targets, and yeah. versus guys who see six to eight. So and it's just a it's just a great hedge to get ahead of the game in that aspect when you have guys like that that are being factors in their offense and high powered offenses at that. And they're sitting on your waiver wire. And then come week six, you don't want to be scrambling around trying to find somebody to fill in your bye week. So I love both of those guys, especially at a very shallow tight end position right now. Another guy that I really like for bye week fill ins coming up and even just in deeper uh, PPR leagues is Hunter Renfro. Still only rostered in 45% on sleeper. Saw a huge jump on ESPN last week. Uh, he saw a forty-four point five percent jump on ESPN rosters. Now rostered in fifty-six percent of those leagues, but I still think he's under rostered. I, I still think he's a guy that has a really safe floor. Seen at least six targets in every game so far this year. Uh, yesterday, he caught six of eight targets for forty-five yards and a touchdown, despite Derek Carr throwing for less than two hundred yards. Who still leads the league in passing. Um, I think he's a guy that you want to own in that offense and PPR leagues. Um, Obviously you want Darren Waller, but he's not available anywhere. So I've said before, he doesn't necessarily have the upside of a guy like or Edwards, especially from an athletic profile perspective. And that offense does still flow through Waller, but I feel like Renfro has by far the safest for the wide receivers. And he's a guy I think that you can safely plug and play as we start to navigate through the, uh, through the bye weeks here.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, you, you, you see it there where he kind of – aside, he kind of got saved by the touchdown. But, like, Derek Carr had a down week, and he still was a viable flex play. So mm-hmm. that's definitely something to look at. Like, Brian Edwards wasn't this week. Henry Ruggs had the big play, so I'm pretty sure he was. I don't know what he exactly scored, but he could have been a flex play. Um, and Darren Waller got saved with by a touchdown too. So it just kind of seems like – I like Renfro kind of in a, in a deeper PPR league. I mean, if you're playing a 10 team league, you're probably not targeting Hunter Renfro, Um, but a 12, 14 team league or more 32 Ryan. Uh, I definitely be targeting Hunter Renfro as well. Um, a guy we had talked about, I'm going to talk about him brief just to name his name, just so that you keep reminding him because he's still owned in not enough leagues. This week, hopefully, he is off of IR, but Rashad Bateman, keep an eye out, only owned in 41% of leagues. He is coming. Um, I know that Marquise Brown has looked well or has looked good this year. Sammy Watkins hasn't even looked that bad, but Bateman has is uber talented. Um, we all saw the highlights of him running mm. past Humphreys and making guys look pretty silly in camp. So I'm in on Bateman. Um, It might take a little while. It might take a week or two for him to kind of just get back into the groove of things, but I'm not probably starting him the week that he gets off of IR, but he's definitely a good stash to have for, like Ryan had said, coming into these bye weeks and stuff. He might start to become something. And if he takes that lead role from Hollywood, I mean, we've seen what Hollywood can do. He's definitely been fantasy viable for multiple weeks right now. I think he might even still be a wide receiver one um bateman has that 30. upside. he could be there um wide receiver two type numbers possibly even three and in a lot of leagues right now like most leagues that i'm in you start two to three wide receivers or you start two with two flexes um so even wide receiver three wide receiver four guys are definitely valuable for your roster um and he's probably still cheap because people haven't really heard him if you if they go on there and they sort it by most points scored or average <laughs> points scored or projected points he's not going to show up so you can scroll down the waiver wire find them sitting there and probably get them for free. Um, yeah. I even got them for free, I think, in Scott Fishbowl. So that's how someone dropped them because there's no IR in Scott Fishbowl. And I got them like two weeks ago. My team is 0-4, so it doesn't really matter. But either way, I definitely like it. Um, definitely a guy I'm targeting.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree with that. Um, just to touch on that real quick, if you have – the wide receivers should do it. I would be trying to sell high on Marquise Brown right now, just just for the simple fact that I do think Bateman's more talented than he is. I think he does take over that wide receiver one role eventually, um, and I I would personally try to to look for a trading partner that wants the wide receiver one in an offense right now. Like if maybe you're maybe somebody has wide receiver issues or guys are getting nervous about their wide receivers are looking to trade for a guy that has the upside that Marquise Brown has right now. I'd be looking to see if they're, they're willing to sell for wide receiver two value on him because Bateman is coming. I I liked him coming into the draft. Uh, I liked him when he got drafted to Baltimore because I felt like he could be the wide receiver one there. So, and I, and I could be wrong. I, I could completely whiff on this and Marquise Brown can stay as a wide receiver two right now. He's wide receiver 13 in PPR, but Bateman's on the verge of coming as on the verge of making his debut, uh, so in that aspect, I I am personally looking to trade him if I can uh, in any leagues that I own him, especially redraft leagues, uh, to see if you can get some wide receiver two value for a guy that might be the wide receiver two on a run first offense here within a couple weeks.
0: Yeah, I like that. And look at look at teams like that that roster, AJ Brown or T Higgins or. Yep. Judy or DJ Chark, like these guys that are kind of missing, um, these wide receivers that just went down and, or are kind of like on short-term IR that need a guy that's in between a fill in. Um, like Ryan said, you might be able to get a little bit extra for those, for someone like that. Um, I, I kind of agree. Um, it's tough because you might not, Marquis Brown might be viable most of the year. I mean, Bateman might take longer than we expect. Um, so it's definitely risky. Uh, but I like it because I, I do think long-term Bateman can overtake Marquise Brown. So I agree with you there. Yeah, that's what I
1: mean. Like if you're, if you're in need of running back help and somebody needs wide receiver help, maybe try to talk them into Marquise Brown and see if they can see if you're willing to move, see if we are willing to move one of the running backs for a guy that they feel like is going to be viable for the rest of the year. Maybe they're not thinking of Rashad Bateman coming back. So um, I'm just saying, like I said, I could be wrong. I, I could completely whiff on that, but that's just what I'm personally trying to do. Um, because, like I said, I really like Bateman. I think he does take over that wide receiver one job eventually. So he's just – I think he's just too talented not to. But we've seen other talented receivers not not do very hot so far this year. So, like I said, could be wrong, but that's just what I personally be doing. But my last guy for waiver ads um, is honestly pretty high on my waiver priority, and that's Jamison Crowder. Currently owned in 22% on Sleeper, 17% on ESPN. Made his season debut last week. Immediately led the team in targets and catches. Nine targets for seven catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, last year on in 12 games, Crowder saw an average of seven targets per game. And I think see, he sees right around there again this season, barring any injury. Zach Wilson hasn't looked the greatest. But with a veteran like Jameson Crowder adding to that middle of the field, just adding to that m- middle of the field, aspect of the of the game makes it a little bit easier on rookie quarterbacks for, like that so he's going to be a favorite target of Zach Wilson's uh weeks one through six last year before he got hurt uh Crowder was wide receiver seven on a point per game basis of PPR so and I'm not expecting that to be I'm not expecting him to be that I'm not expecting him to be a wide receiver seven for the rest of the year but it shows what he's capable of and a guy that definitely needs to be owned in more than 22 or 17 percent of leagues in my opinion.
0: I am all in on that. I am a Jamison Crowder truth-er <laughs> from inside to out. Um He was so cheap and always has been, and he's just a PPR machine. If you want to play in a PPR league, you need to get Jamison Crowder. Yep. Um, We've seen what other slot-type receivers that are good at getting open, have quick feet, have the speed, have the hands to make these catches and be reliable, do for rookie quarterbacks. We've seen not even rookie quarterbacks. Young quarterbacks, we'll rephrase. We've seen what... Cole Beasley has done with Josh Allen. We have seen what Hunter Renfro does for Derek Carr. We have seen what Cole Beasley did for Dak Prescott. We have seen who these guys that are good slot receivers. Danny Amendola for Tom Brady is another one. You know what I mean? You could go back Julian Edelman. These guys are good. They help them um, and they're, they're, they become great security blankets and the Jets don't have a tight end to be that security blanket. I mean, they have tight ends physically rostered, but nobody that they're willing to really throw the ball to. So, Jamison Crowder can kind of be that guy um, for Zach Wilson. They're obviously going to still spread the field with Keelan Cole and Corey Davis, but Crowder could easily see, like Ryan had said, nine, 10 targets a game, possibly seven. Um, and he could be in line for touchdowns. I, the, the Jets looked a lot better. I know it was Tennessee, who's a bad passing offense, but or passing defense, but they looked a lot better this week. So, I'm in on Jamison Crowder. Um, I honestly have a couple waiver ads or Couple waiver bids in on him in a few leagues, um, and I've rostered him in a lot of leagues. Partially also why my season hasn't gone well because I have had him sitting on my bench for like three weeks. So I was glad he came back. Obviously the Jets were glad, and you will be glad if you do acquire him off of the waiver wire. So I agree with you, Ryan.
1: The last guy,
0: I'm just gonna toss quick out there: is a guy deep target, deep league, Khalif Raymond. Ryan mentioned him a little bit earlier only owned in 2.3% of your league. So he's probably available in almost every single one of your leagues. If you have possibly a T Higgins injury or you have somebody like that and you need a guy, your your roster can't handle this, or you want a guy that you can kind of plug in for flex, Raymond kind of seems like that guy right now. I'm not tossing a ton. Because um, Amon Ross a. and Brown saw a decent target share this week. We've seen Quintez Cephas see a good target share. And obviously TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift are there who are going to steal targets too. But right now he's seen 75% of the snap share in three of the four games. Um, he's also seen 22 targets all season, 16 of which have come in the last two weeks. Um, he's also just scored two touchdowns this past week. Um, you're probably not going to be able to get him if you're not willing to toss a decent chunk on him. Um, I feel like a lot of people are going to go crazy on him just because it's the Lions and they don't have a proven target there. And he scored two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, but I'm willing to toss probably what would you say, Ryan? 5% maybe of your fab kind of on him and see if you get him if you really need wide receiver help in the immediate future. I don't know if I foresee him Perfect. being a long term option, but he might be good enough for a few weeks here if you need to get through an injury or you need by week fill in. So. It's a guy monitor it. See if you can get him. any, even if you don't want to put anything in on him, just if he makes it through waivers, he might be a good guy to add. If you have somebody you can drop or you have an injury or your league allows you to put players who are out in the IR position, it might be a good add to add this week.
1: Real quick. We didn't touch on it. If you are in say a position that you're in, in a redraft league where you had like JK Dobbins and K makers and all those guys go down, Uh, how much are you willing to throw at Damian Williams? knowing that you're going to get four or five weeks out of him. Oh, I, as a percentage wise. Throwing the rest of, wise, it. The rest um, of it out. Of him. At this point in the season, you're already into week five.
0: If I manage, if I'm week five and I managed to be, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter if you're really bad, but if it's a dynasty league, I'm not tossing all of it just because you might see young no. guy kind of explode near the end of the yeah. year. In redraft though, probably. Um, I would probably be fine with throwing a majority at it. He feels safer than Elijah Mitchell does. You know what I mean? Like, hey, yeah. If you get Damian Williams, you know you're getting... I mean, they have Khalil Herbert, but outside of that, Cohen's still on Pup. And then, I mean, we've seen what the rest of them are. Ryan Nail, they're Artavius Pierce, I think, still somewhere in their system. Like, There isn't anybody really behind Damian Williams. So, you're guaranteed five weeks worth of work. And we've seen what David Montgomery can do. So, Damian Williams has... if Even if he's a third or half the talented that Montgomery's at, at this point, you're still going to get a guy that produces 15 fantasy points, most likely. Um, So yeah, I'd throw most of it, all of it,
1: 50% probably at least. I will, I will say that if you miss out on Samaji P Ryan and you miss out on Damian Williams or any of these other guys, I, if you have a guy you're willing to drop, I would see, if you can get Cleo Herbert for free, yeah, Khalil he's Herbert's the guy that Friday. the beat beat writers over in Chicago talked all offseason about how he might even overtake David Montgomery as a lead back by the end of the year. Uh, he played really well in the preseason. He's he's not going to be a guy that's probably going to be very very highly added coming up, um, especially in shallower leagues. But if you have the depth, if you have the depth and you have the roster space to do it, I would. Don't spend any fab. I, w- I wouldn't spend any fab on him, but if you can get him as a free ad, I would definitely do that if you have the guy that you can drop for him.
0: Yeah, I like that too. If you can get a free Khalil Herbert. Um definitely redraft kind of. Um, yep. Dynasty Leagues, most people have him rostered, but and yep. redraft if you like Ryan had said, maybe you have Wayne Goldman still stashed there. At this point, you can probably cut your cords and just kind of go after Khalil Herbert, who could be that guy. So
1: or even a guy, I'd even cut like Marquez Calloway or some of these other guys that you might have had stash hoping for more um don't even say adam Troutman. I, i'm sorry I Would i would i would cut tyson marquez callaway to get the upside of herbert in that in an offense that's now headed by justin fields
0: uh, what about my boy adam Troutman?
1: yeah cutting him yeah sadly it's <laughs> i mean here's my boy too I, was, I, I
0: i have a bunch have this a bunch. was one of those this was one of those he's a really good pass blocker and really good blocker Went sideways on us because he's just so good at it that so anybody who was pushing that narrative that he's too good at blocking because he's going to be stuck in there, you were right. I was wrong. We, we got
1: we got Adam Tram to block. We'll send the six seven athletic tight end to go catch passes.
0: Yeah, who we didn't know was even on their roster. Right, <laughs> that's what I mean. Uh, Either sad. way, it's been a great five weeks so far, Ryan. Four week, whatever. Same difference. Brian, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter, and if you have anything exciting coming out?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Mackie underscore FFB. I'm gonna be getting ready to. I'm gonna getting ready to talk to the head of FF League Winners about doing an article of uh, the top top quarter of the season performers, like surprises or something along those lines. I'm gonna get with them and uh discuss a possibility that article coming out for ff league winners and then um nothing really much i've been doing a lot of trivia stuff on on twitter seems to be getting a lot of traction i I really like doing things like that just looking up different odd stats and things like that uh jeremy looks like we got a question real quick i don't know if you want to touch on it real fast faster than me i was getting there but
0: uh should I trade Chase Edmonds and Deontay Johnson for DeAndre Swift and Marvin Jones? Seth, is this PPR? I mean, I'm leaning towards yes. Um, I don't know about you, Ryan. I mean PPR would maybe change it because Deontay Johnson's a machine right now.
1: Yeah, it's full, full PPR. PPR. Um Mm. Yeah. With a shark injury, I'd probably Di- say
0: yeah. Is it dynasty or redraft? Sorry, Seth. Should I ask you that ahead of time? <laughs> but yeah, I kind of like it. Um, I'm really in on DeAndre Swift right now. Um, I saw another tweet again. I don't remember who it was, by. I am terrible. I should probably write these things down. But um he played a lot of the important snap snaps um for the Lions. It just happened that this week he didn't get the PPR points. Um, But right now he's still an RB5, I think. Um, Okay, so it's redraft. Um, I still like it. I think DeAndre Swift has better days ahead of him. I think the Bears defense is a little bit tougher than people give it credit for at times. Um, I know they're not what they used to be, but they're still decent defense. Chase Edmonds has almost zero touchdown upside at this point. It seems like James Conner gets all the touches inside the 20. So aside from a Conner injury, you're really getting a limited ceiling there from Chase Edmonds. So where DeAndre Swift has a crazy high ceiling, Deontay Johnson is a safe play, but also a guy who we've seen get benched sort of for drops last season. Um, it hasn't come to fruition yet this year, but it is definitely something that we do want to monitor. I think for, as the season goes on and the quarterback position kind of worries me, I'm not really sure. I mean, Deontay Johnson is the main reason benefactor is because Ben Roethlisberger can't throw it down the field, but I'm just afraid Marvin Jones in that offense. Do you know what I'm saying, Ryan? Like I, yeah. I think DeAndre Swift is definitely worth like say Deontay Johnson, but I, is Chase Edmonds better than Marvin Jones? Do you know what I'm saying? Like I, I get the injury concern and
1: like he could see an uptick, but is it going to be enough? Like that offense kind of scares me. See, he just have some more context. I would knowing that, knowing he has DK Allen and Odell. I would be willing. I would be definitely willing to do that now. Um, the other thing that makes me a little bit nervous about Deontay is that if say they do switch to Dwayne Haskins, that offense might change dramatically, and Deontay might not get those targets and might not get as many opportunities as he has been with uh, with Ben Roethlisberger. So that is another thing that I would be considering. Um, yeah, and I mean, know I- what, what exactly the offense would look like with Dwayne Haskins in the in the ball game. Uh, so with the uncertainty at quarterback, uh, the upside is swift. I feel like you said, Edmonds doesn't really have that touchdown upside that's really kind of going to James Conner or they're just throwing through the air. And Kyler's also th- still there. Uh, they can take away touchdown upside for him. So I would I would do that. I, I feel like you're downgrading a little bit at wide receiver, obviously, with the PPR upside of Deontay. But um, in terms of just overall side of the trade, I feel like – DeAndre Swift is worth more than Chase Edmonds, and he's I mean, worth more than Deontay Johnson's worth more than Marvin Jones to me. Yeah. And I mean you could
0: argue DeAndre Swift for Chase Edmonds and Deontay Johnson's a fair trade. So I feel like Marvin Jones is almost just free. Um to put it in context, Seth, I I was willing to part in Dynasty with Saquon Barkley in a trade with DeAndre Swift. So I'm in on DeAndre Swift. Um, I like that deal, especially stacking with Camara. Camara's kind of come out and been a little bit of a letdown in PPR leagues, but if he kind of turns into what he has been um here in the next coming weeks, if you pair him with DeAndre Swift, that could be a deathly combination there. And then like Ryan had said, if Allen Robinson turns it back around, I mean you have DK, Allen Robinson, Swift, and Camara. That's that's a pretty nice lineup. I like that mm-hmm. a lot better than a lineup that has DK, Deontay, and Chase Edmonds. So
1: yeah, I would do it. I think okay. it's worth it. Um, I like and him. better days are coming for Alan Robinson, too. I that's yeah. it's gonna happen They're He's getting he's been close a couple of times to having big days. He had a drop touchdown pass, uh, I think two weeks ago, the week or just last week. So, better days are coming for him, too. Um, hopefully, the Bears don't mess that up and start Andy Dalton again. But, uh, I think they're good. I still think better days are coming regardless of who's starting even, for them for him, even so. with Andy Dalton, though. He can, yeah. he can be viable, yeah. Um,
0: and especially with the Montgomery injury, you might see an uptick in targets. So yep. I definitely like it, Seth. Um, I think you could be fine making that move. All righty. And that's it for us guys and ladies. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm your host, Jeremy Pope-Large. You can find on Twitter at Pope's PopesFFH. Um, any of my writing is over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and Yards Per. Um, and you can send any start-sit questions to me and Ryan on Twitter. Or you can... Send them to the show's Twitter at FF Playmakers. Um, we are also here live on Sundays from 9:30 till about 12 um, to answer any live start sick questions. Usually through YouTube, as Twitter has kind of blocked us out of it, <laughs> accepting comments. So definitely come through us through YouTube, um, and we'll get your questions answered. So until next week, see you guys.